tonight we're going to continue with the message, the role of humility in the workings of faith. Uh, will you stand up with me, Isaiah 50 verse 4? <laughs> uh, we need to keep saying it. How many of you can say this scripture from your mind right now? Don't put your hand up. <laughs> okay. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. You notice, until God opens, please be seated, until God himself opens your ear, it's hard to hear him. A lot of people hear. Jesus said you have ears, but you don't hear. So you can really hear his words, but don't really hear it in your spirit. You got two ears. There is the outer ear, and then there is the inner ear, which is the ear of your spirit. And we need to hear from the uh, ears of our spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Pride is the source of all our troubles. I guess it's a very broad statement, but I'm going to break that down. Based on scripture, pride is the source of all man's trouble. In fact, it was pride that brought sin into the world. Satan sinned first because of pride. And Adam wanted to be just like God. Knowing good and evil, he wanted to be just like God. He wasn't satisfied with where he was. So pride goes before a fall. So all of our troubles, the very, root, so, uh, the very root of our troubles is based in pride. I'm going to share the scripture with you. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 27 through 29, it says, All things have been delivered to me by my Father. How many things? All things have been delivered to me, Jesus speaking, Every sin in the universe, don't matter whether in heaven, on earth, under the earth, all things, all authority have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. That's an amazing statement. No one knows who Jesus really is and his power, what he can accomplish in your life. No one knows. The only one who fully understands the power of the Son and what God has delivered to him is the Father. No one knows. It's so great. It's beyond our understanding. No one knows the Son. It's just not someone, you know, I know Brother Nick. No. Knowing the essence of his Son. No one knows the Son except the Father. It says no one I said, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. So nobody really knows the Father except the Son. And the one to whom the Son will reveal Him. The one to whom the Son will reveal Him. But if you read in John, Jesus said, Everyone who hears from the Father comes to me. No one can come to me except my heavenly Father draws him. 
So your coming to Jesus is not your doing. God looked into the world and saw your heart and saw the cravings of your heart. And God says, I need this one. And he pulled you to his arm. Jesus said, you can't do it. You don't have the ability to go to Jesus and accept him as your Lord and Savior unless something in you has touched the heart of the Father and the Father has pulled you to his son. You only come to him when the father reveals a little bit about the son and you are attracted to him. So when I hear people out there saying they don't believe in Jesus, they want other religions, I understand where they're coming from. Doesn't bother me. I don't have to be defensive. I know where they are. I'm an atheist. I'm an agnostic. Oh, I understand that. Because you haven't heard from the father. God has not awakened you morning by morning. Your ears have not been opened. And so you're not attracted to the Father. And so you live in the land of the dead. And you die. But you see, Jesus said, Everything, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father himself. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And if the Son chooses to reveal the Father to you. So it works both ways. When you come to Jesus, then he begins to reveal to you from the word who the Father really is. So having said that, he said, come. Come to me. Come. Come on. Come to me. All you who labor. Notice, God has already delivered everything to him, right? Now he's inviting us. The reason we are having troubles, we are not going to him. Hello? God cannot lie. This is an open invitation. And he stands by his invitation. He says, come to me. He's inviting you tonight, no matter what you're going through. I hope I want to talk to the whole church on Sunday. People are busy. It's a busy America. Everybody can't be here. But these words are very comforting to me. I can go to him. Amen. No matter what's healing my life, no matter what I'm going through, I can go to him. He's an open invitation. Come to me. I got everything. I can deal with your problem. God has delivered all things to the Son. Come to me. Let me reveal the love of the Father towards you. How greatly He loves you. And how much He doesn't want you to hurt. He wants you to live as kings on the earth. Now, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden. If you have load that you're carrying, some burden, something that's bothering you, some trouble, Whatever it is, Jesus is invite you, come, inviting you, come, come. Many times we, go, we are thinking and calculating in our heads, doing some arithmetic, okay, about who we think can help us. Somebody we can see physically that can help us. Who to go to, who to call. We need to humble ourselves before God. That's true humility. Where God, and we're coming to that, is your only source. You're not looking to anybody. And I'm coming to that. It's so important. 
until you get to that place, you haven't found true humility that lives. You haven't. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In other words, I'll take the trouble away so you can rest. You don't have to worry about it anymore. I'll take them from you. Then he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. In other words, hook yourself to me. Let's be like we're going together. Yoke of oxen, you hook them both together. They have to go in the same direction, right? As they plow. Jesus said, yoke with me. Get my yoke on you. Let's go to the same direction. And as you go with me, learn from me. Why? It says, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. That's humility. The result is, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. So, that's why I said, pride, that's the source of all our troubles. Because if you learn from Jesus, who is lowly, not outwardly, at heart. That's what it says. He is gentle and lowly at heart. And you will find rest to your soul. When you've learned from Jesus. Now, I'm going to just go a little bit. Notice what Jesus said. The son can do nothing by himself except what he sees the father do. He even said, I don't even speak my own words. What I hear from him, that is what you hear. Nothing more, nothing less. If he didn't say it, I'm not saying it. Whether people like it or not, it doesn't matter. He does only, I only do what I see my father doing. That's what he said. I don't have a life of my own. It's what he says. That's what I do. You remember the one time he wanted somewhere else? He said, I know God, all things are possible to you. If it's possible, take this cup from me. But then he quickly added, not my will, but what you want. Even if it means dying. That's humility. Losing yourself completely for God. Just Him alone. Whatever He wants. Whatever He wants. Even when Jesus was tired, when the Father moved, He was ready to go. He was ready to go. If the Father is healing the people, he doesn't say, I'm too tired. Notice he said, the Father is the one doing the works. Remember that? I can of my own self do nothing. When I see my Father, he does the work. So when, even when he's tired and he can say, the Father is healing, he's up. He had no life of his own. He was living for God. And you see that same thing in Paul. When he talks, he talks as if he's tough. But Paul is only what the Father wants from him. That's where he's going. That's true humility. And that's when we are lifted up. Now, the Bible talks about the humility of Christ. And I'm going to touch on that today. 
so that you can understand what it is. And I see for myself and for the whole church and people, if you are a human being, what God expects from us. If you're a human being and you live on earth, what God truly wants to see in a human. In Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, beginning from verse 5, he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, you can decide, I don't want this. Let means I have to allow, right? Let this mind be in you as it was in Christ Jesus. Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. It was not a big thing for him. He knew he was God. Hello? Jesus knew he was God. He made it clear. He said, why are you asking to see the Father, Philip? Don't you realize if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? What Father are you asking for? We don't have two gods. There is only one God. But he was in the form of a man. And uh, uh, Philip was looking at a man. But he's saying, hey, I am the God you're talking about. This is God you're looking at. But Philip was looking at a man. It wasn't anything in his mind to think about. He knew he was God. Even in the human body. That's what the scripture is saying. He didn't consider it robbery. He knew he was God. I and the Father were one. But, he made himself, notice it wasn't God that made him, right? He made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant. That's the key word. A servant. He made himself a bond servant. And notice the word, and coming in the likeness of men. So when you come as a man, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself. You see, that's the point. If you are a man before God, you ought to humble yourself. That's the thing. That's why any man who lifts up himself, notice the word let. Right? When you lift yourself up, God resists you. Because that's not a real man. If you are found as a man, a human being, before God, you need to humble yourself in His presence. Not before men, but before God. Words like, I and the Father are one. Don't seem like words of humility, right? You, you said you are God. That's just his, but he, he was telling the truth. Seems very bold. But in his mind, notice, let this mind be in you. He was a born servant. That's the way he thought as a man. Even though he was God. This is revelation. He was a born servant. 
And because he was found in the appearance as a man, even though he was God, he found himself by the doings of the Father, because of the love of the Father, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and the Son took on flesh, he became a man, and he dwelt among us as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, and being found as a man, he humbled himself. So God expects every man to humble himself before God. That's true humility. And being found, verse 8, and being found as a, uh, in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. You see, every time you see people challenging the word of God, you know what the problem is? They have lifted their hearts above God. And won't listen. When they're challenging the words of the pastor, I know the Bible says that, but guess what they're doing? They are not being real human beings the way God created man to be. And so God will resist them. He says, God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. And James uh, chapter 4, I believe verse 10, tells us there that humble yourself before God in the presence of God. Humble yourself in the sight of God and He will lift you up. Until you humble yourself as a man before God, no one can lift you up. If men lift you up, guess what they will do? May, the same men that you had great poll numbers for will bring you down. The same people. Today they like you, tomorrow they hate you. Today they vote for you, tomorrow they vote you out. That's what happens when men lift you up. You are, but when God lifts you up, no one can bring you down. No man, no matter how hard they try. They can't bring you down. Because God will lift you. And this is what God wants us to know as men. As human beings. That's why we pray. Humility, right? You're saying, I'm depending on you. But if you are depending on God and your eye is on this CEO that you know, that knows your brother that can help you, guess what? You're not really depending on him. He can bypass everybody and go to that CEO and help you. But if your mind is fully focused on the CEO, he'll disappoint you. Even after giving you a promise, they'll still disappoint you and tell you, well, I'm sorry. And there's nothing you can do. He humbled himself. Whenever you humble yourself, just like James 4 verse 10, he says... He lifts you up. He says, therefore God also has highly exalted him. So when you humble, God lifts you up. I mean, this always works. It will always work. Not before men, because people will want to force you into their mood. Some of the things I say here don't sound like, like uh, uh, humility. Sometimes I hear people say, well, he sounds... Too confident. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm just being me. My confidence is not in what I can do. I don't, but my confidence is in Him. 
There is nothing that he cannot do. My confidence cannot be in myself. I'm just human. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I can't even tell what kind of dreams I'll dream tonight. But he knows everything. So because he lives, I know tomorrow is good for me. Amen. So I'm totally depending on him. Total reliance in God is the hallmark of humility. Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you remember here, remember them? How God lifted up, lifted them up. They were just among the wise men. Just wise men. The king had several wise men. And that situation came up where they were going to be thrown into fire. If you look at it, it will seem like pride. But they said, no. We are not going to, oh king, we are not careful to hear you in this matter. We will submit to God. We won't listen to you, to you. We will humble ourselves before God. We will not bow to your images. And God is able to deliver us from your hand. But if he chooses not to deliver us, we are going, we are ready to burn. Those don't sound like words of humility talking to a king like that, the king of the world. Does that sound like humility? Hey, these girls are proud. Who do you think they are? That's what people will say without knowledge. But when they got into the fire, guess who was there before they got there? Jesus himself was right there with, waiting for them. And I turned the whole furnace into a, a powerful air-conditioned room. Amen. Their last change from that day, I believe, the king promoted them, right? And I'm sure everywhere they went, everybody wanted to talk to them. Wow. Did you feel the fire in there? People will ask. Some of the king's servants, every time, say, hey, that's Shadrach there. I was there when that happened. Remember? Now, they were ordinary, but God... Lifted them up. Because they humbled themselves before God. That's true humility. Now Philippians chapter 3 verse 3 says this. For we are the circumcision, not the Jews. We are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus. And have no confidence in the flesh. We are the circumcision. Or the Christians. Who worship God in spirit. Not in the flesh. We worship God in the spirit. And we rejoice in Christ Jesus. And our lifestyle is. We have no confidence in the flesh. We have no confidence in what the nation can do for us. We are not interested in the economy of the United States. We just live here. We are from over there. Amen? And we live by that economy. We only humble ourselves to his economy. Not what's happening here in the United States. We are only confident in God. I got read some things from a minister. This is what he says. If God can't, then no one else can. 
If God can't, if God cannot do it, forget it. No one else can do it. Second, if God can't, no one else should try. Hello? If God is not able to do it, where are you going to try? Third, if God can't, it is extremely hopeless to expect anything. It's got to be done by God. And if you are a Christian, that's where your trust should be. Just in God and God alone. Just in God and God alone. God will always test you. That's the, main, the, the reason for this message. God will always test you to see who you're depending on. And many times we are struggling and we are going over round and round in the wilderness because we haven't learned the lesson. Who you're depending on. You know, the Jews, they didn't get in the promised land. You know why? They were not depending on God. They didn't trust God to do it for them. Even though they had seen the miracle, they said, we can't handle it. They were depending on themselves. But Joshua and Caleb, they said, they are bread for us. They are bread for us. We can handle them. God will give them into our hands. They were not depending on them. They went into the land, seeing the good things in the land, and the fruits and everything, and how good the land was. But the others, the remaining ten, they went into the land, all they were seeing were giants. Giants, giants, giants. And they were looking to themselves. We only have to look to God. God will always test you. And I remember I said, if you don't humble yourself before God and trust in Him alone, you will, cons- you will constantly struggle until you've learned the lesson. You see, God tested Abraham. You know why? He wanted to know. Are you going to rely on me or are you going to rely on your understanding? Kill that boy. It was a test. He passed the test. I never understood uh, something in the past. When Jesus, and please get this, is very important for your life and my life. I've come to realize this. When I started ministry, I had, I mean, he was, I've never seen anything like it. It was tough. I've never seen anything like it. And the scripture I'm about to share with you was the scripture that God gave me. And it was an amazing thing. Let me tell you a little story. I just got through, there's what they call NNPC in Nigeria, where I'm from. These guys can, in that place, if they're in management position, they can give you several million dollar contracts in one deal. Just like that. And God has called me and told me certain things. And all of a sudden, these guys came around. They were managers in that, in that NNPC in Nigeria. And the guy, one of the guys told me, he said, Now, we've made many people millionaires. And we've considered you, since you are going to ministry, you love God, we're going to help you. You are going to be a millionaire because we know somebody like you, you won't forget us. It's not bribe, whatever you can do. You do that. So I said, wow. You know my thinking then? God has called me to ministry. 
And he's also giving me millions of dollars. I was counting my millions, I'm telling you. I was counting this. I was also in ministry in my mind, but also, boy, thank you, Jesus, for these millions. I went to Lagos, Nigeria, in the tough part. I spent probably between ten and twenty thousand dollars. I had a guy in the oil business because he knew these guys. He said, "Good luck. Uh, I'm going to work for you. You don't have to pay me. When we get the contract, then whatever." He was working. I had an office there, rented. They told me what to do. They were going to write everything up for me and get it. And sometimes while I'm talking to them, the millionaires I know from Nigeria, they'll call and plead. They're pleading with these guys. Please, you know, I have to have this contract. You see, you see, you see this is one of them. We've helped him all these years, but every time he gets his millions, he forgets us. But when he gets in trouble, and I'm thinking... I know of that guy. He's a millionaire. He's calling them, begging. Hey, I am going to be doing well. That's the way I felt. But God had another mind. And I'm, I don't have any regrets. I spent all of that money trying to help myself. And as soon as I got ready, guess what the government did? Transferred all of those guys from their position and moved them where they couldn't help me. Hello? They were gone. I started thinking about my thousands, tens to twenty thousand dollars that I could have had to myself instead of spending all of these things trying to make a way for myself. But when God told me, uh, called me, one of the scriptures He gave me is, "Don't take extra belt. Don't take money in your pocket." Hello, ask Angela. That was one of the scriptures He gave me. Two, three scriptures. Two in one night. One the following day. And that's exactly what I heard. And I knew it. But I was going to help myself. Since I'm not going to be working anymore. Hello. And all these guys coming. <laughs> I went for it. And lost my money. Till today. I didn't get it. You want more of that? I was still struggling. I wasn't satisfied. I had a, the one guy told me get me a rig. I got the rig for about $5 million. Maybe Nick will understand this. You get a certain percentage, about 5%, for $5 million. I was already counting the money because everything had been worked out. I got them all connected. Somebody worked. The next day, somebody, after we got the deal settled, somebody went there and paid the fellow $5 million cash. And the guy was apologizing. I'm sorry, but I couldn't wait. He, he gave me cash. I mean, I'm sorry. Finally, I told myself, stop this stuff. Every time I go at it, Angela said, you started again. <laughs> it's not going to work. I finally decided, I think it's right. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just going to face ministry and see how else God can bless me from all this money. If God can't do it, you shouldn't even try. You shouldn't even try. Let God himself do it. In uh, Luke 9, just a test, 2 through 4, he said he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, nor bag or bread, nor money. 
Don't take any of those things. This is the same scripture that God gave me, but not in Luke, but in Matthew. Exactly the same. No, no money. And do not have two tonics apiece. Don't have extra clothes, so to speak. Whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. Don't stay in one house and if they, they are running dry in their supply, hey brother, can I come stay with you now? No, stay there. Because God was going to supply. I didn't understand this, but later, this was nine, uh, Luke chapter 9. In Luke 22, much later, before Jesus went to the cross, he was asking them a question. And this is very touching. In Luke 22, verse 35, Jesus speaking to them. He says, when I sent you without money, you see how specific he was? When I sent you without money, bag, knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? Did you lack anything? He deliberately sent them, teaching them, learn to depend on God and nobody else. It was a deliberate thing. And now that he was about to leave, he was reminding them, you listen to me then, did you lack anything? This is the way you are going to be living from now on. That's what he was saying. I'm going to the cross, I'm going to leave you. But remember what happened then. This is how you must live your Christian life. We walk by faith and not by sight. When you depend on God, that's true humility. That's true humility. And he'll never, he'll never fail you. He'll never fail you. He'll never fail you. It's a great lesson. It's a great lesson. I learned the hard way. It's a great lesson. And I'm still learning. It's a great lesson. No matter what the problem is. You say, God, I need your help. I'll go to the council. I'll do whatever they ask me to do. But I'm not depending on what they tell me. I will listen to them. Maybe I can get some direction and position myself. But God, if you can't do it, it's over for me. That's where, you're, that's where we should be. And once you start doing that, God will start speaking to you because he's found a friend that he can deal with. There's always a reward when we trust God. When we trust God. I have a lot that I wanted to share. I don't think I can go through this. But I, I will talk to you about the question of faith and humility. And how these go together. God showed me something tonight. I probably just share this and leave. Because it's very important. God showed me something. I never read it anywhere, but God really showed me. Did you know why the centurion had so much faith? And Jesus said, I've never seen faith like this. Not, no, not in Israel. That's from Israel back all the way down. Never seen anything like this. Now I, re- I understand Because when you don't humble yourself, God resists you and you can't have faith. It's impossible. But when God starts, when there is humility, he reveals himself to you. And when God gives you revelation, there is faith. This centurion knew something about Jesus that even Peter didn't know. Peter didn't know it. 
He knew something about Jesus that the Jews, none of them knew about him. The power of his words. Let's, let's read this scripture and I'm going to close with this. In Luke 7, please bear with me. A little bit out of time, but, but I want to conclude with this. this. This is very important because I believe God showed it to me. I want to share it with you. Notice something here. It's very important. Now, beginning in verse 2, Luke 7. It says, A certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. Would you care about a slave that's ready to die? This man knew God. He didn't want this young man to die. He needed help. He was a servant in his house. But he wanted to help him. It says he was sick and ready to die. Verse 3 says, So when he heard about Jesus, I'm sure he heard a lot about him. He's he's been telling him. This was the centurion in the land. They were the masters of the land. They controlled the people. He was not just a Roman soldier. He was a centurion. He was the head of a number of uh, soldiers under his power. But... He had humbled himself to accept the religion, a foreign religion, and had so much respect for the God of these people and honored them. Notice what he did. When he heard about Jesus, he sent elders to the Jews, to him, of the Jews, to him. He had access to the elders of the Jews. Notice the Jews hated them, right? But they could listen. The elders would listen to him. The big elders in the church at that time, they would listen to him. They knew him. And they respected him. He could send them to Jesus. Notice he never went himself. He wanted the people that he believed could influence Jesus to, do, to help him. Because he knew he was a Gentile. So he sent them to him. And they pled with Jesus. said, come and heal his servant. He says, and when they came to Jesus, verse 4, they begged him earnestly. I mean, they were pleading with him, you got to do this. You got to do this. They begged him earnestly, saying that he, that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. In other words, he's worthy. You got to do this. This guy is worthy. For this, for you to do this. For they told him why. He loves our nation. He wasn't just oppressing them. He was there and he loves their nation. Not for any reason but because of their God. He loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. You know, this, this guy was up to it. He, a Gentile, built a synagogue for them. Where they could go worship. But most likely, they, he's not welcome there. Huh? He loved their God. They told Jesus, you got to do this. You got to do this. He loves our people. He's even built a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them. Notice they were asking Jesus to go to a Gentile's home. Can you believe this? They were asking a prophet, a Jewish prophet, to go to a Gentile's home. You remember Acts chapter 10? Peter says to Cornelius, 
You know how tough it is for a Jew to enter into the house of one who is a Gentile? And they made a big deal out. Now this was the greatest prophet, if we would call him prophet, in the land. And the leaders were begging him to go to his house. That's how great this man was. It says, and Jesus went with them. And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. And he was the leader. He, had, he could kill them if he wanted to, right? Then he's saying to a Jewish prophet, a young Jewish prophet, look, I am not worthy for you to even come into my home. Don't come. This is too much. That's humility, right? He said, I'm a man on authority. I understand this stuff. Who taught him these things? Who taught him that Jesus could only speak the word? Where did he get this revelation? You remember what Jesus told Peter? When Peter said, you are the Christ. Remember that? He said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my Father in heaven. Where did this man get this revelation where Jesus said, I've never seen faith like this. Where? His humility pulled it from God. Amen? When you have revelation, faith is born. When you see people who say they are humble, <laughs> you know the tree by its fruit. Right? I can see from the man's tree. From this man's fruit. The humility is what brings faith. And when there is humility, there is obedience. You can see the difference in Paul's life, right? I'm ready to die. That's what Paul said. Servant of Jesus Christ. A born servant. A happy slave, Paul called himself. But until we humble ourselves, we receive no revelation. And if you don't receive revelation, you have no faith. You will trust in other things. Some trust in horses. But we need to trust in God himself and God alone. And that's true faith. His humility. Again, the centurion in Acts chapter 10. An angel came to him, right? He was worshipping God. How many Jewish people did, did an angel go to? The angel said to him, go call for Peter. He's living in the street call. Straight, Come. An angel stood and spoke to him, God, God has heard your prayer. They were humbled before God. When you humble yourself before God, he's going to lift you up. I see that in the church. A new person comes in. He's thinking, I know more than the pastor. I want to be standing there preaching. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> You're not going to make it that way. It takes humility first. Before God can lift you. Sometimes God will want to see if you have humility by putting somebody, maybe a very young person, to be over your head as a pastor and see how you respond to it. 
You're going to talk down at him because you got his spirit or you're going to respect the authority in his life and then God will lift you. Some of these things we don't know, but I do know that without humility, God will constantly resist you. But again, let this mind be in you. It's up to you. It's a mind thing. You can decide to humble yourself before God and tell him what you believe against what you know in the natural. Stand up with me tonight. I hope God has given you something to get tonight with you here tonight. But you are the ones that God wanted to, not because you're not humble, but because he's wanting to take you to a new place in your relationship with him. So you hear his word. All of these things are in God's plan. Some of you here tonight, I think God brought you here because he has something big that he wants to do in your life. And it will take humility so that he can lift you up. Amen? It always will take humility. My thing is telling God constantly, I, I, I don't know what to do about this thing. You got to help me. You got to help me. I'm not an expert in anything. I just need your help. Don't can control anything. But in Christ, I can control everything. Amen? Just through Him. Would you lift your hands up to Him tonight and let Him speak to your heart, trust in Him, and whatever that is, for God to keep you true to the faith. You don't look at the accomplishment of the past because that will result in pride. You don't want to look at your knowledge. Some people are very proud. It says, you know, knowledge will, will, will bring, make you to have pride. But remember that God himself resists somebody who is proud. Sometimes God may ask you, maybe like he did with some people, just to go wash, help make sure the toilet is clean. I don't want to do that. Pastor, I already know. But it could be a test for your lifting. Would you be willing to do it? Would you say, no, I can't do that. I'm more than that. Whatever it takes. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for those that you have ordained to hear your word tonight. And I believe that's because you have something much, much precious. A whole lot more precious than gold. That you've set aside for us. Including myself, God. That we may humble ourselves before our God. And know that without you, we can do nothing. We can truly do nothing without you. And Lord, but with you, all things are possible. As we trust in you, we don't have our trust in anything but in you. Be with your people tonight. And lift us up according to your word. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. And you are truly God's people. God bless you.